Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Awesome. So glad you're here. Hey, thank you for being here and thank you. This is our week uh, two of having four morning services. The 6 a.m. service this morning was just awesome. And now, it, really, the 8 o'clock was awesome, 9.30, and now it's your turn. And we are so glad you're here. Thank you for helping us because this is helping to make room for, for folks to come. And we were getting crowded in some uh, a number of different ways, and this has helped us so much. So thank you for doing that and uh, making those adjustments. I'm trying to find my rhythm just as far as uh, guarding voice and energy and so forth. And so uh, normally I would come out before every service and hang out for a while, and I'm kind of uh, rotating with that because I think the best way that I can serve you is to teach the Word and not just be everybody's pal. And so, But I am your pal, okay? But... Um, this is the best way I can do that. So I'll, I'll be rotating um, just as far as coming out early or whatever. Just to, I, I believe I learned years ago that a shepherd should smell like sheep. No offense. But, uh, and so I, I like being around you. Amen. Um, as you uh, saw and heard already, this Wednesday night is our first Wednesday. Uh, our goal is to make that first Wednesday service the best service of the whole week. And we want you to come. We've been having just some Grand Slam services um, I'm going to be ministering on a subject called grief. I'm calling it good grief. And uh, so many people have experienced loss in a number of different ways. We've had just an extra, extra amount of funerals over the last two months with our care department. We've had hurricanes. We've had so many things come on. Then as a result of the hurricane, I talked to a lady last week. It's been on my heart all week. Uh, lives by herself. Uh, elderly family. Is, uh, her, her kids are way out west. And during the storm, she lost her puppy. You know, just imagine the, the, the loss of that. And I, don't, I haven't heard update if she found puppy. I, I prayed she did. And, um, you know, so loss of a job, loss of a loved one, so many different ways. The Bible tells us about a process that can end up good and bring us into a healthy future where God can even use what was lost so that we can be a blessing to others. And so uh, important to help you. And also to help you to help others. So Wednesday night, we'll see you at 7 p.m. I almost said a.m. So 7 p.m., amen? And then continue to pray for Puerto Rico. And I want you to know that we're active in helping um, through a couple of organizations, Crossroad Alliance being one of them. Um, Several cargo planes have been uh, delivering goods. And then also we have several containers of supplies that are being shipped over there. And uh, just pray for grace and peace for the beautiful people of, of Puerto Rico And uh, let's continue uh, to give and support in every way that we can, but also make sure that you're praying. Amen. Well, why don't we pray? Let's stand together. We're going to get into the Word today. Excited to share with you. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. That's where our help comes from, right? Father, we love you this morning, and we thank you for just the privilege and freedom uh, that we have to come together this morning. Uh, Your Word instructs us to do so. Your Spirit has led us and helped us, and we are here 
And God, I just believe it with all my heart that church days affect the rest of our days. I believe something holy, lasting, and wonderful is going to happen for every one of us. David knew what would happen. He said, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to church. And so, Lord, we're going to endeavor in every way to lift you up and now to listen up. Help me and anoint me to deliver your word in the right way. And I pray that when everything is said and done this morning, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, ahead over all things to this church, that you would be pleased and you would be honored and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. And that's our prayer in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen Amen. and amen. Help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're starting a brand new series this morning called Roots. Everybody say Roots. And it's about the values that hold us in place. Roots kind of reminds us, and I just want to tell you, in case you did not know, we just had a hurricane, y'all. And um, we have a lot of trees around our house. And so uh, hurricane, you know, as you well know, came kind of during the night and during the dark. And I don't know why I stay, stay up most of the night so I can protect us from a hurricane, you know. <laughs> And so doing what I can do and, you know, watching for water and and just keeping an eye on things and praying. And I don't know where your faith lies but uh, your theology falls on this, but I was praying and and I was pointing and talking to some trees too. I don't don't know if you you stay up and you stay strong in Jesus' name. Because I had some big ones that are right by my house and then big ones across the fence and so forth. And thank God. You know, we did well. In the aftermath of that, there's debris. Anybody got any debris at, at all? We're collecting it. No, we're not. No, we're not. But uh, it will be uh, picked up and just be, be patient. I think it's overwhelming for everybody. But driving around, you see a lot of trees broken or down and so forth. And, you know, you've, it, a lot of that is a root issue for some of them. I've seen some massive trees just laying on something else. And the, you know, the roots are out. You've been close to, to it as well. Some trees are like uh, a water oak. And a water oak, although they can get pretty big and they're pretty and all of that, um, they don't have much of a root system. It's not, it's not deep. It's not very involved. And they can go over. A pine tree can get very, very tall. I had one right behind my house. Very, very tall. But it, it essentially only has like one root that's, that's going down to hold it up. And they tend to go over. But then there's a live oak. And live oak, big and stately, and, and they, they got big and stately by hanging in there, by staying there. And they have a deep and broad, uh, complex root system that helps to just hold it in place. And if I were to pick a tree, I want to be that tree, you know. I want to be that tree. And what it is for us that helps us with that are our values that hold us in place. And we're going to look at that this morning as we begin this series. Let's look in Psalm uh, 1, Psalm 1. This is from the New Living Translation. Are you with me? Okay, we're here, so let's make this count here. Oh, the joys of those who do not, watch carefully, who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Verse 2, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees. Say, that's me. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Look in verse 4. But, not the wicked, 
They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. Look in Jeremiah chapter 17. Thus says the Lord, cursed, and this Old Testament Hebrew word cursed means hemmed in with obstacles and powerless to resist. Don't want to be that. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Every word counts here. Verse verse, uh, 6, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert. The Amplified Bible says naked and destitute in the desert. How many of you know you don't want any of those, let alone all of those? So naked and destitute in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Verse 7, blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its, here we go, roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. So we've got our choices here. To be a tree or to be chaff, to be a tree or a shrub or a tumbleweed, non-scientific, informal, brief survey. How many of you would rather be a tree than a tumbleweed? Okay, absolutely. And so we see a number of things here. And first of all, let me refer to both of these passages in the Psalms and in Jeremiah. It is, it is the metaphor. It is the picture. This is the perfect word picture of what can happen in our lives. Now notice, heat still comes, drought still comes, different things come. There are things that you could fear, but it's saying you're able to stay in place. This is really the word picture of our logo that we've had for 28 years of the church in one form or another. This also is the perfect picture, word picture, of what it looks like to be happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, so you can be a blessing and bring glory to God. Please never get tired of hearing that. Okay, because that kind of sums up what the results of this could be for our life. And so this kind of identifies, kind of illustrates for us what things could be if we do things the Lord's way. It largely has to do with both of these passages that we looked, looked at, whether you're a tree or a tumbleweed. It largely has to do with two things. First thing is this, uh, the source of your information. The source of your information. How many of you know we live in a day of information overload? It's way overload. It's, it's crazy. Uh, it, is, it is off the chain, off. It is broken gravity. It is just crazy, all right? And, and you know, now we have all fake news and, and everything else is just so convoluted and confused. And here's the thing, though. If you're going to be a tree or a tumbleweed, it largely has to do with where do you get your information? You know, there, and I'll talk about it in a moment. There's some things that people believe, and it's like, where, where did you get that? Well, my two friends told me. Oh, well, there you go. Or I read it on the Internet. Oh, well, there you go. You know? And so where do you get your information? And I think it's all okay to push back on that. You know, after Adam and Eve had sinned, And the Lord came looking for them in the garden in the cool of the day. He asked questions. And he said, where are you? How many of you knew that God knew where he was? And so, and then the second question he he asked was based on Adam's answer. Adam said, well, we were naked, so we hid ourselves. And here's what the Lord asked. He said, "Who, who told you that? 
who told you that. And so there's so many things that are in our thoughts and minds and even in our education system and our political system and everywhere else that you need to know where did you get the information. The second thing that makes the difference is where you choose to put your trust. And I think if you get your information from the right place, and I'm not talking about cable news or radio or anything else, I'm talking about getting it from the right source from God, getting the information that shows you how to live uh, uh, God's way, getting it from God, and then also putting your trust in God. That is what makes the difference between being a tree or being a tumbleweed. All of this ultimately has to do with what we call our values. Values. Everybody say values. And so just by way of definition, here's the definition. It's the fundamental beliefs and principles. It's your fundamental beliefs and principles. You could say it's what, what frames uh, your worldview. Now watch what happens here because then your values uh, kind of determine some things for us. So you have your values, your fundamental beliefs and principles. These are the things you count to be important. That's what this series is about. Your values then inform your priorities. And so your priorities then will make your decisions for you. And then consequently your decisions determine your outcomes. So read these with me. Values, priorities, decisions, outcomes. And how many of you know that most of your outcomes are up to you? based on this. And so you have your values. If your values are off, guess what else is going to be off? And if your priorities are off and they make your decisions for you, your decisions are going to be off. You're going to end up with wrong outcomes. Your outcomes that you don't want, undesirable outcomes. Here's what most people do. They just step one notch back and they just redecide. And that's why some people are on their 17th marriage. Pick me another one. Maybe this one will like me longer, you know. And there may be some other issues. And so what you have to do is realize that your outcomes are less of a decision, less about decisions and more about your beliefs and your values. So what we have to do is dig back. If, if we're not satisfied with the outcomes, we need to go all the way back to what is it we believe? What is it we value? And then that feeds the whole system then of our priorities, our decisions, and our outcomes. If you're with me so far, say amen on that this morning. So all of this directly impacts the big four, how you worship, work, rest, and play. That's what life is. Worship, work, rest, and play. Your values matter. Now let me tell you what I'm after for myself and after for you as well, and it's this. It's just to have a life that makes sense, a life that works. Not talking about a life without problems because that's heaven, and we'll get there. We'll get there. We're right here and now where we live uh, in the day-to-day to have a life that makes sense, a life that, that works, and beyond that, to have a life that glorifies God. Anybody interested in, in those things? You want to have a life that works. And so if we get this wrong, then we're going to have things that are always shifting and never fulfilling for us. Um, culture keeps changing. Um, the rules keep changing. Cool keeps changing. I don't know about you, but I was always late for cool. Not school, cool. It seemed like I had to wait until cool was on clearance. 
Come on, anybody else with me? You know, and, and if it was something you had to have or something you had to wear, I had to wait till it was on clearance to finally get it. And then I'd show up. Some of y'all are about my age, you know. And do you remember platform shoes? Do you remember those? Let's pray they never come back really, you know. But by the time I got them, they were out. And so the cool people, when I showed up, said, you're a little late, Bubba. So I just quit trying. But culture is shifting. Our, our, our society, our world, our views are constantly shifting. We're mired down right now in political correctness and social correctness and even spiritual correctness. Right and wrong are no longer really clear in what is right and what is wrong. We're living in moral relativism. Truth has become situational. You know, truth, if we don't like truth, we can dismiss it or ignore it. If we don't agree with truth, we can dismiss it or ignore it. Or if it's inconvenient, we can dismiss it or ignore it. Plus, we have a mindset very pervasive in our culture is, is who is anybody to judge me? Well, can I tell you one day, that there's only one judge. And he is the Lord and he is righteous and he is good. I'm not the judge, and let me just remind everybody, you're not the judge, okay? We're not, we're not the judge. But people that would have that attitude, well, who's anybody to judge me? Let me tell you that one day, God will, but in the meantime, truth will. Truth will judge you. You can't just do what you want or not, or, or I don't like that or I don't agree that and then live this way and expect that life is going to work, that life is going to make sense. I, you know, I want to live this way. I don't want to save. I don't want to be disciplined, but I want to be rich and famous. Well, that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And if it did happen, you wouldn't have the character to hold it up. You know, and so it, it's a mess in those ways if we don't have values, if we don't have roots to, to hold us in place. Are you with me? There are just some laws that are out there. One I'm very familiar with, gravity. It doesn't matter what you want or what you agree with or even what is convenient. It is a matter that there is truth. Can you say amen this morning? And, there, and here's my concern, and I'm not anybody's judge, as I just said. Here's my concern. This is honestly my, my heartfelt concern, is people are living in ways that it just, it doesn't make life work. They're living in ways, thinking in ways that it, that's not going to work. And so, you know, that's what grieves. I, I want people to be a tree, not a, not a tumbleweed, not to, not to just be a shrub in the, in the desert. And so there's a better way to do this. However, there are good, well-meaning people embracing views, embracing whole schools of thought that are uh, scientifically inaccurate, historically inaccurate, intellectually inconsistent. And here's the biggest one for me. They have views that are abiblical. A biblical. Whenever you add that prefix a to a word, it means not. So people have views that are not biblical, and yet the author and giver of life has given us a manual to get through life. Now, I want to share some things with you. And listen, as, as I was coming up, some of this was so presented wrong to me. 
It was judgmental and legalistic and boring. And when I knew God was calling me to be a pastor, I said, please, can I do something else? You know, because, but as I began to see the truth and the life and how this really works and the joy and peace and help this can bring and help you to really have a life that makes sense. And not just about heaven, but this life that can make sense and that you could have it, you could enjoy it, you could make a difference. Life would make sense that life would work out. So here's some numbers for you. A, a, a Barnapole uh, research group revealed that 85% of our American population believes in God. Now, that's good. But one out of four adults, one out of 10 teenagers, and less than half of those that are called born-again Christians actually believe that there are absolute moral truths. That's really sad. I hope you heard what I said apart from the statistics there. There are too many people that just don't believe that there is absolute truth, that there's absolute moral truth. So that's why I'm doing a series called Roots. And we want to talk about values because people have outcomes of their life. They don't know why they're getting those outcomes. And we want to talk about this. So over the next five weeks, I want to share with you some values. Um, These are my values. They reflect my values. They reflect the values We'll go through the core values of Meadowbrook Church. And also during the course of this five weeks, we're going to give you some tools and talk you through to help you discover, determine, and define what are your values for your life, for your marriage, for how you do work, for how you handle relationships. Um, what, what are your values? We want to help you to find those as well so you can find what makes life work because it's going to impact, remember, how you worship, work, rest, and play. So... Number one core value in my life, number one core value for Meadowbrook Church right here, biblical truth, biblical truth. Everybody just say it, biblical truth. There'd be a number number of different ways to perhaps label that or say that, but let's just dig into this here for a few moments today. And um, you'd say, well, I think number one should be no God. Well, I I wouldn't even know about that if it wasn't for some biblical truth. So this kind of informs the rest of this here. So I'm just going to present this to you briefly. I'm not going to try to defend it. And let me just say that the Bible doesn't need me or anybody else to defend it. I'm not going to argue it. I'm not going to try to prove it. I'm just going to tell you why this is important to me and why it is a a value. Um, We accept this. We embrace this. And we believe that this is the absolute best way to do life and the way to do ministry. Um, This gives direction in life. This helps you to make decisions. It also gives you the what, the why, and the how. And that's what your values do. They give you, uh, you're going to know what to do. You're going to know why you're doing it. And then very importantly, how you're doing it. And all of those are important things. So let's look in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so you say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, it doesn't matter. It's truth. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess essentially this, that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and he's the only way to the Father. Look in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. All scripture, biblical truth, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is what is true, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Okay, you lose me right there. 
because I don't want anybody telling me what's wrong with me. Well, see, there again, we, we can't handle things in that way. This is, this is what it does. It, it teaches us what is true. It makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. And look what it does. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us how to do what is right. It shows us how to make life work. Verse 17, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So the Bible, biblical truth, the Bible is bread, meat, milk, light, life, a sword, a hammer. And it's God's word. It's God speaking to us. It's life-giving. It's life-changing. It's one of the main ways that God reveals himself to us. So, based on that, understand that the devil wants to keep you away from the Bible. He wants to keep you out of the Bible. And he wants to keep the Bible out of you. So no wonder that the enemy of your soul, no wonder that the enemy of your soul will constantly always supply you with lame excuses to keep you from from reading God's word. I want to say it again because your response was so overwhelming. I I I want to feel that moment again, okay? No wonder the enemy of your soul will constantly always supply you with lame excuses to keep you out of God's word. He will, because he knows. He knows what will happen. So here's what I want you to commit to, and then we're going to go over a couple things. You need to commit to this like militant, like like non-negotiable, I am committed to this. Here's two things you need to commit to. Daily, everybody say daily. daily. Daily exposure to and intake of the word of God daily exposure to and intake of the word of God. And then second, regularly, everybody say regularly. Regularly, you need to sit under the teaching and preaching of God's word. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the way God has designed things. That he wants you daily, everybody say daily. Daily exposure to and intake of the word of God. And I promise you, the devil will give you some lame excuses. Well, we're not, and he'll go through his whole thing. Okay, daily though. Be militant about it. I will get to it. You you need to make sure you get it every day. Well, I'm busy with some other things. I've got a lot of supplements to take and this and that and trying to grow my hair out and whatever it would be. It's not me. That was a friend of mine. No, I'm all good. Daily. Say it again. Daily. Daily exposure to and intake of the word of God and then regularly. Say regularly regularly sit under the teaching and preaching of God's word. Now look at this in Psalm 19, Psalm 19. And there's going to be several words, instructions, decrees, commandments, laws, and so forth. The inst- and all of those relate to the Bible, biblical truth. The instructions of the Lord are perfect. Look what it does, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They're more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They're sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant and a great reward for those who obey them, those who live according to biblical truth. So if you were the enemy of your soul, what would you want to do? I've got to keep them away from the Bible. I've got to keep them away from biblical truth. Let me go through a couple of things here. I believe that the Bible is reliable, inspired, infallible, inerrant, eternal, 
the life-giving word of God. And I also believe that if, if, if what I think and what I feel and what I believe collides or conflicts with what the Bible clearly teaches, I have to change. I don't think you caught that. If what I think and what I believe and what my three friends say and what I feel like, if that collides, if that conflicts with what the Bible clearly teaches, I have to change. I emphasize clearly teaches because according to one guy, two weeks ago yesterday, the world was supposed to end. And he said, based on scripture and math, you should never mix those unless you really know what you're doing, okay? And how many times has this happened and happened and happened and it scares people? All you got to do is really read the Bible and realize that first of all, God's not going to tell some yahoo somewhere that to tell the rest of us. No man knows, not even the angels know this, not even the son of man knows this until God reveals that moment. Are are y'all hearing me? And so it's just like knowing what the Bible clearly teaches. But if, if something that I think I feel my, my three friends, we all agree on, conflicts with the word of God, then I've got to change. I can't ignore it. I can't dismiss it. I can't tell God he's got to change or put this off or alter it somehow. We cannot be that bratty. It's truth and it's God. And, he's, and, and one day, everybody will know that. But in the meantime, if life is going to work for you, you need, you need to operate according to the, the owner's manual. I believe that all cures, keys, answers, and solutions needed to live a victorious life can be found in God's Word. I can live and I try to live my life in the light of God's Word. His Word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. It shows me where to step and it shows me where to not step. The Bible has never failed me. It's never led me astray. Oh, I've failed and I've gone astray before. I've I've gotten, you know, off track made the wrong step before but it wasn't the bible's fault it was me and i can clearly see where i missed it get this it feeds my spirit and it feeds my soul and it is also health and strength to my body let me stop on that for a moment the bible is it brings health and strength to your flesh and to your bones i believe that there is benefit for us to daily everybody say daily And regularly, say regularly, I think there is benefit, spirit, soul, and body for us to be submitted and exposed to the biblical truths of God's word. It actually brings health and strength to your flesh and to your bones. Amen. It also reveals to us God's big plan. The overarching mega narrative for mankind. You know, sometimes we worry about things and we we see things in the news and so forth and we worry. Let me tell you that when you can read from God's word and see the big overarching plan, not every detail, but you can see how the plan goes and what God has in mind, you panic less. But if you watch the news every day, they want you to panic. They want you to worry about this and that and get off track because you get too up close to it all. But the Word of God helps you to push back from it and see the big picture of it all. And there'll be way less panic in your life. I also believe that I can gather and gain the truths I need to guide me in every situation of life from God's Word. 
It gives me wisdom. It gives me warnings. It gives me instruction. It gives me promises. It gives me encouragement. And I also believe that the commands of God, and there are commands in God's word. Look at me for this. They're not burdensome. They're not oppressive. They're actually love. Because here's what the commands of God do. They show us what gives us life, and they show us what takes life away. That's pretty loving of God. Can you say amen on that? Let me finish up with this. In Psalm uh, 128, verse 1, in the Amplified Bible. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed. Blessed, and then it amplifies it. Happy, fortunate, and to be envied. See, usually we're on the other end of that. We're envying somebody. You know, like you're flying somewhere, and you're like on row... 64 seat C. And you look down the aisle and there's what? First class. And they come on and take their coat off and somebody takes the coat for them and brings them a a wet, warm towel to wipe their face and their hands. Gives them a cup of warm nuts and ginger ale before the flight even takes off. You're just hoping they'll bring you a little bag of peanuts, you know? (laughs) Could I have two pretzels, please? And then they sit in their big lazy boy. And here you are. Right? I'd rather be up there. Come on now. But forget about stuff. Forget about things. Forget about status. How about having a life because of the peace and blessing of God that people would look and see that you're happy and you're fortunate and they would envy what is in your life. Make them jealous for your God. Happy, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is everyone who fears, reveres, and worships the Lord. And watch this next line. Who walks in his ways and lives according to his commandments. You know what that says? That you value biblical truth. And when you make biblical truth, it is my number one value. It is the number one core value of Meadowbrook Church. I hope it goes way up your list in your life to put that first because God knows how to live this life. God knows how to help you to have a life that makes sense, that works, and to live a life that ends up glorifying God. It informs everything else about your life. It's the way to have peace in your life. It's the way to navigate through all the highs and lows and storms of this life is to fill your life with biblical truth. Make that commitment to the daily and to the regular and be a doer of the word and watch what God does in your life. And that will be a root that will hold your life in place. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.